Today on Oxl FM, Gerard and I discuss the news and reveals of the most recent Nintendo Direct. Hello and welcome to the episode of Oxl FM. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And first of all, we need to apologise. Um, <laughs> we, we may have lied in the previous episode saying that we were going to be following up with our Animal Crossing Retrospective Part 2 straight yeah, don't away. don't worry. No gap. No gap whatsoever between Animal Crossing Retrospective Part 1 and yeah. Part 2. But, I mean, we can't help it, right? It is Nintendo's fault. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it is Nintendo's fault for releasing a Nintendo Direct for the first time in like a year or something. Yeah, a proper between one these as well. episodes. So that's what we're talking about today. Uh, we're yep. going over the Nintendo Direct from uh, mid February 2021. There's quite a lot of cool stuff. There's not like anything like massively groundbreaking, but yeah, just lots think, of good stuff. I don't think there were really any strong. There were some surprises, but I don't think there were any like really strong surprises. Most of it was sort of like stuff that you could kind of guess was coming. Um, But there was still a lot of stuff. Like there were a lot of games announced, um, lots of bits and pieces all over the place, really. And they started off with a strong one. They they, you either know they're going to do this as the first or the last thing, typically, Mm. which was announcing the next character in Smash. Yep. Um, And it was quite a surprising one, actually, but a welcome surprise, actually, um, because it was Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. funny, like when it started, and you're like, "Oh, is there like a Xenoblade? Are they get, is there like more DLC? More Xenoblade yeah, because they started with sort of like, like a little mini like thing with with Rex, like looking yeah. for Pyra, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's it's nice to see Nintendo sort of continuing to really really double down on Xenoblade. Mm. Uh, I guess it's a shame that it's a sword fighter. Like they have a lot of sword fighters, and yeah. you know they're adding another one slash two. Uh, kind of interesting that there's like a switch mechanic and it a little bit like Zelda and Sheik, but it looks like it's an instant switch. Mm. So you can kind of almost do it mid combo or mid air. So it'll be interesting to see how it actually plays. But yeah, it's cool. Cool to see. Um, cool to see more Xenoblade characters. It's nice to see more Xenoblade characters. It's also nice that it isn't just the main character as well. Like mm. they've gone with a, a, a separate character. I mean, I mean, she is the main supporting character, I guess. Yeah. Um, but even still, it's still nice that it isn't just Rex, right? Yeah, exactly. I guess Rex just, unlike Shulk, where Rex has like got the Monado and it, like his weapon is a big deal. It's not really the same because Pyro and Mithra kind of are the weapon. Yeah, I was gonna um, say they they basically make Rex into a character. I guess also in a, with. in a weird way, Pyro and Mithra in Smash is kind of like. Uh, massive spoilers for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 if you've never played Xenoblade That's Chronicles true. 2. Yeah, it is, it is rather, yeah, it's, it's not like subtle about things. Yeah, it is. Mithra is like the alternate personality yeah that's that's actually a good point which is kind of, kind of weird but okay <laughs> i guess Nintendo's like uh yeah that was four years ago spoilers yeah for spoiler free territory now guys Get, yeah should have exactly. played already but it was cool i'm, I'm glad to see it. I, I, does that make it like the fourth in this in the second pack now i think oh no idea i'm not really Some keeping count but I, I i think they're quite far along now so i don't think there's many left to add in and it's probably not going to be another one after this i wouldn't have thought yeah uh, i'm amazed we even got a second pack of fighters actually i must say uh, with Nintendo. 
Yeah. Uh, but one thing that Nintendo have given us, again, which was quite surprising, um, is a game from like the late 80s. Yeah. But made new, which was quite surprising. Yeah, definitely a big surprise. Famicom Detective Club, which is yeah. two games, The Missing Air and The Girl Who Stands Behind, I think is the names of them. These are originally Japanese exclusive. On the from- Famicom. Yeah, for the Famicom disc system. Like, I also love the fact that they've still named them the Famicom Detective Club, despite the yes. fact that it's only called that because it was on the Famicom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. But yeah, like, and these are not, you know, obviously they're not just like re-releases of the NES games because they would be, they would look terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, these are like proper, you know, just, it's just taking this, like retelling the story essentially of these like detective games, sort of like... Like you said, when we were talking before the show started, it kind of feel they feel a little bit like they're inspired by Phoenix Wright, maybe mm, a little mm. bit, like certainly in terms of like the style. Like I think JRPGs and visual novels have been on the rise a lot recently in mm, the West, yeah. but this feels like they've taken it specifically along the sort of Phoenix Wright style mm, with the mm. sort of like you're in a scene and you have to investigate element, elements within sort of the, the confines of the scene that you're in. Uh, and you have personalities to talk to and everything. So yeah. that's, it's a little bit more, it feels a little bit more involved than just a visual novel, but it also still has that that element to it too. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think that like, this is so old that, and I know that this is the case for lots of other NES games as well, but a lot of NES games are well known. Like I'd never heard of these games before mm. this announcement. And it's funny how they're all, also so many people that would you know even in japan right that would have had no chance to have ever played these because they're too young like they're, they're like gamers i mean but, i, mean, I think know. this one came out when i was like one year old right? yeah exactly <laughs> like like these are older than us almost um it's kind of yeah interesting and but yeah good to, good to see like a like a surprise but a welcome one be interesting to see how well they review and how well they come out and another game actually that was not a Japan exclusive, but but was definitely not released in Europe, is Legend of Mana, which mm. they've got a remaster for. This is actually coming out also on Windows and PS4 uh, when I looked it up. It was originally, it's the f- I think it's the third or fourth game in the series. Yeah, it's a little bit wonky. In terms it's kind of, of a like, spin-off, isn't it? Yeah, that they're sort of connected, but they're sort of not connected. Yeah. Like, still, still within the same, like, series, but they're not yeah. necessarily inter- like, intersected with their stories. Yeah. And we've had the other two, right? We've had Secret of Mana and Trials... And one of them got a 3D remake. I now can't remember off the top of my head. I think because Trials of Mana was the first one, right? No, Secret of Mana Secret was the, is first the first one, yeah. sorry. And that's the one that was released everywhere. Yeah. And Trials was the one that was only released in Japan. Yes. That I think they did a remake of, like, yes. for last year on the yeah. Switch. Yeah. So they, they're definitely going through this. It feels to me like Nintendo was sort of, like, re licensed this series effectively mm, and gone what can yeah. we make of this now uh, you know yeah but like i say it's similar to the famicom detective club like these are relatively old games now like this was 1999 and then yeah. the games before that were earlier still like 1994 i think the first one you know and again that's still pretty old that's only five years you know younger than famicom detective club so yeah. it is good that we're getting these remastered versions of classic games that informed game design and, and mm. gamers for, for many years like these would have been quintessential jrpg games to play yeah and the fact that they're getting the remaster means that they're not like too difficult to to play and to look at all the time like yeah some games age quite well in the way that they look some don't 
And yeah. sometimes that, that graphical deficiency can be a bit off-putting for people to yeah. even try. But also when you're playing them, it can be a little bit hard to overlook it and kind of enjoy the story. Mm. Like the original Dragon Quest, for example, and the original Final Fantasy games, great games, wouldn't mm. want to play it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just so ugly. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I feel like with all of these kind of old older JRPGs, it's the question, it's the nuanced question of like, what quality of life improvements do they mm. add? You know, do they add a speed up or do they add an auto battle? Or I think they said that they were going to add. Yeah, they definitely a have a skip encounter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which I think is probably like the most important one. Yeah. Uh, because these sort of like, you know, 90s JRPG games were notorious for yeah. a grind fest. That's the thing. Like that's, they're very rose. It's very easy to look at them with rose tinted glasses, but in a lot of cases they don't stand up no. nowadays. Well, so. I think the gameplay doesn't stand up, but the mm. stories I think still can. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it because one of the things that is, it's hard to remember now, or it's easy to forget, I should probably say, is that when you were playing these games like we would have been old enough to have played this game in 1999 for example yes yeah and this would have been mind-blowing to like you know a young 10 year old or mm-hmm. whatever because it's just a story that you haven't you know you don't see these kind of stories and characters right. in say saturday morning cartoons like you would watch right. on tv right so this sort of story this sort of relatively mature story is really enticing to your young mind and that's why people like have such fond memories of these jrpgs because they they didn't necessarily pull as many punches as like other media that you consumed was yeah so i really like the fact that these are now getting like a second lease at life both for people who would have played them back in the day but also people who were too young to have played them then yeah exactly I, i think it's really important that they do add the quality of life changes though because Game design's come a long way since then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. In general, with this direct, you you were doing pretty well if you were an RPG fan or you were a sort of or you were a Japanese culture fan because um, there was a lot of stuff like that. Mm. Um, another one is the like sequel, spiritual sequel. I'm not really sure. I haven't played it to Octopath Traveler. Yeah, but I think Project I don't know Triangle if Strategy. It looks very similar. Maybe yeah. the same studio, but I think it's its own thing. But even though it looks remarkably similar, yeah, and it's like the same thing in terms of look and feel, but with ta- like a tactical RPG instead of mm. um, like more traditional RPG. So you've got that more sort of like Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics style of yes, combat, yeah, yeah, yeah. which looked quite in depth as well. They they they. This was the game that they like spent a long time on in the directs. Like there was mm. a whole bunch of sort of like diving into the details and they talked about how it has a branching storyline mm. um, with like multiple endings and the whole point of the game is around like decision making and, mm. and sort of weighing up different decisions to make and, and the impact they have questionable how much impact that has and whether yeah that you're always works. skeptical aren't you when they when you do say that like i always end up feeling like is it a mass effect style choice where like mm. at the end of the day the choice is exactly the same no matter what right uh, just different shades of the same color yeah <laughs> um but I, I if they can pull it off something because octopath travel was great for that like it yeah. did a good job of the whole branching paths and choosing different people and the the order in which you chose people's stories affected the way in which you played through them mm. and stuff like that is is great and it also leads to replayability as well which is right. never a bad thing uh and that in combination with it being in my opinion a superior gameplay style of mm. tactic strategy uh, hot take um yeah <laughs> i'm sure there are gonna be many jrpg fans your wife included coming from my head um, <laughs> she does like fire emblem as well so. yeah she does she does 
but yeah like i, I really like the look of it. It, it i really liked the the style of octopath mm. traveler i just didn't like the gameplay as much so yeah. this is definitely gonna this speaks to me yeah 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 Yeah, it definitely doesn't speak to me but i'm interested to see (laughs) you're going to have to watch it but let's be realistic yeah exactly exactly you're going to see Um, it being played (laughs) it's also a way off like they've released a demo but but it's more like a beta test because they're going to do a Mm. survey after the demo like it's this like pretend early access but like like you don't get early access on a switch right but that's kind of what they're doing with this which is interesting yeah but they're not selling it to you either which is nice it's a demo yes which you could yeah, say. Yeah. like I, I wish more companies would do that i really do give us proper demos let us see if we like a game you know yeah, get feedback from us playing said demo that's yeah. fine too you know that can be the cost of the demo for yeah. us you know i'm more than happy to try out uh, a stripped down version of a game that's then made into a more uh fuller version of itself mm. uh speaking of which um that's the next game on our list which was metopia yes because we both ended up getting this wrong which is quite yeah. funny i was i watched this and i was like hang on this was like a mini game on the for like the street pass on the me plaza was it yeah like, Something like and that. is that that is that the 3ds yeah 3ds I think right so you had the street pass functionality and there were like little games you could play and one of them was this little quest that you could go on with the with the people that you've street passed yeah and i was like have they turned that into a full game for the switch but no this was actually a game this shows how you know fake nintendo fans we really are <laughs> we're such boomers <laughs> Meet- meetopia is a, was a 3ds like rpg um with some like quirky rpg mechanics and so it's a bit of a surprise that they're like bringing that again to the switch mm. especially as the Mies have kind of slightly fallen away like not yes, completely yeah. but this is the metopia is like from the like tomodachi life era right oh, like definitely you know yeah. it's that kind of thing and i feel i thought that nintendo had kind of you know drop that a little bit but mm. apparently not we've got we're getting metopia um you asked the question when we were talking about this like who is this actually for Mm. you know like it's an rpg but it's not really it's but it uh, it's just yeah who who are they selling this to? like if it's an rpg right you'd expect it to uh, uh, appeal to the same group of people that will play things like project triangle strategy and legend of mana the two games we just talked about i don't think it does though i think it's a little bit too watered down for for people that like those sorts of games it's a very stripped back looking rpg but then if it's for, not for your hardcore players, is it for the casual players? But to be honest with you, casual players are not going to want to play an RPG at all anyway. Mm. You know, they, they want something that's more pick up and play than that. Yeah. It's so, also weird that it's like a full game as well, rather than... Just like a know, mini game, like yeah. an add-on sort of thing, like little mini distraction. Yeah. So interesting, like it, Metopia got very middling reviews. Like some some people liked it, some people didn't like it. I suspect the same is going to happen again yeah. on the Switch. Maybe this is a bit of a like, I don't know how, su- I haven't looked at the sales figures, how successful was Metopia in Japan, right? Like that's sort of mm. where I kind of, when, you know, whenever you see a game like this and you're like, why are you releasing this? I always think, how much did it sell in Japan? Yeah, maybe it did particularly <laughs> well in Japan by comparison. Yeah. Like that is what I, that's what I always think. One of the other things that these sorts of game releases always talk to me and tell me is that the, this is sort of very much Nintendo's like mid plan for the system, right? Right. So they've had their big releases, you know, they've had all the kind of like the major releases they were going to start off with. And now they're very much in the holding pattern of like releasing some decent games here and there, like interesting ones here and there, but no, no big 
you know, blockbuster type yeah. games yet. It's like your maybe now I'm being extremely dismissive but it's like the b team right like the software yeah. the, the the software b team at nintendo is you know is this made or this is like the downtime for the a team <laughs> like, yeah whilst the a team is now working on the that's next what it feels like big games you know yeah. like for example like the next breath of the wild game you know yeah um you get sort of these games that are relatively easy to redo and bring into the modern era like i'm not saying it's easy to remaster a game say like legend of mana for example or like make games at all like project trial strategy etc of course they still don't take as much resource to make as they can't do because they don't sell that well exactly you can't possibly be spending exactly yeah like i don't want to be dismissive of the game just like you said like i i think these games definitely have their place and that they're great games but the resources required for them certainly isn't the same, you know, yeah. and that kind of, you can feel that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, what else did we get? We got, there was a little interlude for some Animal Crossing updates. We yeah, got like which is a, nice. Some Mario, um, you know, Mario blocks and things like that. You could pretty much construct a Mario level in your yeah, Animal Crossing Yeah, that's pretty island. cool. Like, I, I said to you, like, the one thing that I'm genuinely surprised at is that they're still releasing free content for Animal Crossing. Yeah. Like, because they didn't need to. They could have just left it as it was. And they could have sold this stuff too. Yeah. Or made it, like, exclusive to, like, Nintendo uh, online subscriptions Mm. or whatever, you know? It would be interesting to know, like, how conditional the plans were for Animal Crossing based on its success. Mm. Like, are we seeing so much animal crossing stuff for so long because it was so successful because of the timing or was this already like when they when they were making animal crossing did they have a two-year plan that Mm. said you know in february 2021 we're going to release super mario you know the anniversary Mm. content like i i don't know i I don't know what the answer is there i'd be it would be interesting to find out like is this just them responding to how well it's done or was this always always the plan plan? i mean maybe i'm being a little bit like too uh dismissive of nintendo because they do this with like the i mean this is we can talk about as a result as well the splatoon games as well yeah like they they gave significant updates to both the first and second splatoon yeah for free there was no paid updates for those games there was a paid expansion pack for splatoon 2 in fairness but in terms of just like kind of similar sort of content like you know a new things here and there like a new level or Mm. like a new weapon or something that was like, you know, looked after like 18, 18 months or two years for free, you know, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. You have to remember that Nintendo were very, very late to the DLC party mm. when you go back in time, right? We had DLC for Horse Armor is many years before Nintendo did any <laughs> DLC of any kind. Or any or online. <laughs> yeah, or any online, exactly. <laughs> so in some ways, it's like they are on a different cadence in how they do DLC and how they support stuff. And you, obviously they do paid for DLC as well, but you're right that you do still see a relatively high amount of free DLC from Nintendo compared to what, you might expect in the video game landscape. Mm. Um, um, since we were just touched on it, we might as well jump on to yeah. the, sort of the, the end reveal of the, the Direct, which yes. was Splatoon 3. The weirdest trailer. Like, go and watch it if you haven't watched it as you're listening to this, or, like, after you've listened, obviously. But, like, the trailer, it's, like, it's doing the, like, character customization at the start mm. like, for, like, a good minute <laughs> for no particular reason. Yeah, it's... It's not even like it's because at first it's probably it's tr- intentionally trying to hide its identity, right? So it's not 
immediately obvious it's Splatoon right. 3. Yeah. Which is a nice little reveal is cool. But then the second you see the characters, like, well, that's clearly an inkling. Yeah. If you know anything about Splatoon. Yeah, and all the menus that. are the same, like yeah. the style and everything. It's not even like kept it remotely secret. And then, but then it doesn't kind of give it up and then go into like a you know, full on reveal yeah. trailer sort of like you know action or anything it, it never does kind of slow and, and, and meandering it's the bizarrest it's like a reveal trailer that doesn't know what it wants to be because also <laughs> it's like in game you know it's like it, it's like in it feels like it's in engine and yeah, in yeah, game yeah. and reveal trailers typically aren't like then then that's not how they're designed like and there's no information it sort of felt a little bit like it was going to be like an open world's rpg splatoon mm. at the start like the way that it began yeah like then, you start out in like a desert and then you go to like yeah. a town that looks inspired by hong kong or something and there's like 20 seconds where you just sat on a train like yeah, it's, it's so, very quietly it's so bizarre and then a normal trailer. style trailer starts showing like some of the multiplayer battles that the series yeah, is right. going for with like all the kind of cool music in the background it very was odd yeah i don't know what they were trying to trying to achieve it's also it. miles away it's not coming yes, out until next yeah. year um, very much a reveal trailer more than anything else yes absolutely um, maybe that's why maybe they made this using platoon 2 and they were just like let's yeah just let people maybe know. maybe it's actually not that far you know far through development yeah it's also kind of weird to see two splatoon games on the same console mm. like you know if, if they discounted splatoon 2 one day i might have picked it up just to have like some fun playing the multiplayer because mm-hmm. i did enjoy i played a bit of splatoon 1 mm. um but you wouldn't now right you've just it's so weird to like early I guess sales of Splatoon 2 must have dropped because it's very odd to tease a game for the same platform so far in advance mm. where you sh- surely you can still be getting some mileage out of the previous game. Yeah. And they're the it's, same it's weird, game. isn't it? Like it's the same <sighs> multiplayer it. and stuff. You've just killed all sales of splatoon 2 for a yeah year. <laughs> there's no real reason for to play to pick up splatoon 2 now unless you discounted it like you said i, d- I d- yeah strange it, motivation it, they've got to do something different with this one because between splatoon 1 and 2 there was only two years but splatoon 1 mm. was quite a stripped down game and it was on the wii u they didn't sell very well so it kind of made sense to kind of make Splatoon again, but on Switch that sold really well. They gave it more features. They have it more more single player campaign. Yeah. You know, they had some more op- multiplayer options as well. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of makes sense. But even though it's been going to be like five years between the release of two and three, if it does come out in twenty twenty two, I don't know. Just like you say, it's on the same console, and it's probably going to be the same basic game. Like, yeah. It's like Overwatch and Overwatch 2, you know, yeah. like you're like, really? <laughs> you don't need that game to just give them, make another paid expansion for Splatoon 2. Yeah. You know, simple as that. Does seem odd. What else did we have? We had, there was the World's End Club, mm-hmm. which was, I think, like I looked it up very briefly, like was originally a like half a game on iOS, kind mm, of teasing like a full teaser game. option, like, yeah. This is the one that's from the people that did Danganronpa, right? It's yeah. the same same. Very similar art style, very similar Mm. feel of gameplay and story. Um, I think if you're into that sort of like, I don't want to say a visual novel because it's not a visual novel technically, but like that sort of like visual novel style story within a gameplay. Yeah. I think you'll probably enjoy this as well. And also the same, like we, to my point earlier about sort of like Japanese, strongly Japanese games, you know, it's definitely definitely that kind of style. Yeah. Pretty cool to see. Um, Outer Wilds on Switch as well, which is cool. Um, I think it fits really well. Like, I'm surprised it wasn't basically released on Switch because it's not a particularly taxing game. Like, it's Mm. it's a it's a nice looking game. No, because it's quite flat colors and stuff like that, isn't it? It's surprising it didn't come out on Switch straight off. Maybe there were some licensing problems or something. I don't Mm. know. But yeah, I think that fits quite nicely on the Switch. I think it will probably sell quite well on the eShop, honestly. 
Um, Because a lot of people who already know the game will probably pick it up to have it on Switch, you know? Yeah. Um, Assuming it's not too expensive, of course, at least anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, talking about sort of, like, releasing of things um, on Switch, they also showed, like, a physical physical version of hades oh yeah it's really cool like yeah, if you nice. if you've not picked up hades yet then it's you know now you can get it in physical version this is not unusual right for indie games where they have some success and then you bolster the success by physical by making release. a physical version yeah. um yeah it, i i am still very much the kind of person that likes to own the physical copies of yes. console games yes uh, because otherwise i forget that i own games if they yeah. just sat on them also nintendo are not exactly that friendly about you actually owning the games that you buy right in terms of like redownloading and things mm. like that they've historically had quite a bad um <laughs> reputation for that mm. kind of thing yeah with the shops and stuff yeah so yeah having a physical cart version of the game is, is definitely preferable uh, in this instance. And I think it's a nice little bonus as well. I think they've they've shown off like a nice uh, artwork book that goes with it and there's some like download codes or some other bits and bobs and stuff like that. So that's quite nice. And just having access to it on the Switch in general is really good too. Like, again, it's a good fit. You know, like it's that sort of like roguelike gameplay always fits really well on, on the Switch. That very pick up and play element of things yeah definitely i mean it's a great game it's been massively successful i'm you know i'm I'm very i'm always very impressed with all of super giant game stuff like i'm a huge fan of general i haven't actually played hades but i've watched a lot of it yeah um so yeah it's 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 good for me i think the one of the top announcements was mario golf <laughs> yeah uh, like I really just got, do, it's surprising i always i've always enjoyed Mario Golf and you mentioned as well like Mario Tennis both of them are always have always been very strong games mm. very good fun um I haven't actually picked up a Mario Tennis game for a while but the key I, thing I was don't that, think the most recent ones have been that good though that's no, the thing I think they got I don't think pretty so. average to middling reviews you know and 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 they it's so funny that they called out specifically they were like there's a story mode and it's like okay good because that's what you need for a Mario yeah. go- for like any of the sports games to be good from from mario like they just have to have some kind of story mode yeah. and that's what makes them appealing to play as there like seems a to be some kind game. of like little mini rpg element where you can like yeah. upgrade different stats of your character exactly, like and... new outfits yeah. clubs like all of that kind of like just appeals to that like the, f- the primary fun of these games is the multiplayer obviously mm. but you also sometimes just want to play it on your own too yeah. and having that op- option there with the mul- with the single player campaign is great yeah i also really enjoyed golf story that was really fun um, yeah so, yeah. you know, it's golf kind games of, are just kind of fun in general because yeah. they're kind of relaxed uh, yes. because that's, they're basically turn-based, you know, <laughs> the, you can yeah. take your time and, and not have to stress, you know, yeah. uh, unless you're playing that frantic mode thing they showed off. Yeah, like there's like a, it's speed like speed golf, golf yeah. where you like, you are running between your shots and you can like get power-ups and <laughs> like you like can like attack the other people it's like a mixture of mario kart and mario golf together i can already um, hear the rage inducing fights yeah, between friends when we can finally sit on the couch i next hope to there's each a blue shed in it for the people that oh, are like at the back be. of the course absolutely i think there will be <laughs> this is the base, they're just mario karting the golf games yeah I love it. Really cool. <laughs> Looking forward to that. It looks really shiny as well and really nice. Mm, um, it does, so. yeah. It looks very similar to the Mario Tennis game that they came yes. out with last year. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it was last year. But just with golf. And and that looked really nice. That was one of the best things about the game of fun. Was it, was that it looked really nice. Speaking of games that look really nice. Um, yes. We had Neon White. That was yep. really cool looking. Um, it looks... I think... I, what did I, what did I say? It was like a combination of Mirror's Edge, Dishonored, and doom 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, weirdly, I looked at it and I was like, is this going to be playable? Like, it was so... It's one of those games where when you watch it, it looks so fast. And then when you Mm. play it, you can can do it. Because it was very, like, smooth, fluid, quite fast-paced sort of movement through the through the level like it was very difficult to kind of tell what it was like it's Mm. like a first person platformer kind of shooter game thing it's from annapurna interactive which they're a publisher not a developer um so yeah they're they're really ramping up the amount of games that they're publishing and Mm. getting them out as well to more platforms um which is really good they're kind of i don't know i feel like we're going to see a lot from them in the coming years as they add more and more games to their roster yeah, and it seems like they've got a very specific style of game they want to play. It's sort of like that that's slightly bigger than indie but smaller than triple A style right. game. Exactly. You know, with with a bit of a message, a little bit of a uh, exactly. an art housey feel style to it. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You've got like yeah, I mean they actually published Journey as well. But yeah, like Sinara yeah. Wild Hearts, Journey, Kentucky Route Zero, like loads of stuff. Um, what else have we got? Uh well, I mean Star Wars Hunters. Yeah. Um, not much to talk about there, like I'm just, I'm very, very, very disillusioned with Star Wars games. Like, I know Squadron was supposed to be pretty good. I haven't played it, but it got pretty good reviews. Jedi Fallen Order as well was meant to be good. Good reviews. I think it was meant to be okay. Mm, I think it got, like, positive reviews because people were just so happy to have a playable Star Wars game that wasn't trying to sell you microtransactions. Uh, It's just, I remember the days of Jedi Knights. That's what I'm saying. I mean, hey, that was actually on the previous main direct. You're right, it was. uh, Like, Jedi Academy, Jedi Outcast or whatever it was. You know, um, but I'm just, I'm so disillusioned with Star Wars games because it's just that Disney money and then wanting to make more money off of that fan base and that, that IP, yeah. you know. The thing is, though, is that I always have reasonable respect for Disney in that although they like to churn stuff out, they generally do stuff with medium to high quality. Like, it's mm. generally not garbage, but to see a zinger logo on this game was the main thing that i was like okay no like it doesn't bode well does it yeah it just really doesn't um it's set during the mandalorian time as well so very intentional you feel like this is like two separate groups of people within disney slash star wars having conversations and making deals you've Mm. got like the mandalorian on one side and then on the other side you've got like someone being like, ooh, Mandalorian, hmm, Heisinger. Mm. Like they're yeah. like having like a separate Make conversation. Game for us within this, the selling well on yeah. our platform. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll turn out to be great, but um, yeah. We also mm. didn't really see anything about it. It's like an arena shooter of some kind. Yeah. But no details whatsoever. It was the same with that, um, oh, like, what's it called? Like something city, like drop- Knockout City. Knockout so, City. Yeah. I mean, the, it was such a weird like trailer. Like, the trailer made it look like it was going to be some kind of weird, cool mashup game yeah. of like all these different sort of like game genres and game styles. And it just looked like a, again another relatively generic arena shooter. Well, not even shooter, but like arena dodgeball game. Yeah, very strange. It reminded me of is it Ninjala that was announced like a while yeah, ago and that I was like super unimpressed by, and then yeah, you were like, "Oh, that's pretty cool," and then like, nothing came of it. There's definitely a there's definitely a wealth of like quite cookie cutter, free to play battle royale sort of game trying and to capture the same audiences Fortnite. It's like, yeah, it's like if you keep making them in the hope that one of them sticks, because Fortnite didn't exactly stick because it was particularly amazing. It just stuck because. I don't know. It just, re- it just happened it just to hit the zeitgeist at the right time. Yeah. yeah, right place at the right time. So I, I almost feel like this is always that's 
you know, it's EA being like, well, let's see if maybe we can make something that sticks. And, yeah. you know, if we get two, you know, a handful of whales out of the microtransactions, then we'll probably recoup yeah. the cost. And that's so depressing that we can say that with almost confidence that that's the case. You know, yeah. like that shouldn't be how it is, but it probably is, right? Yeah. Um, there was a bunch of re-releases as well, which we don't need to go into in too much detail because they're, you know, already things. Um, mm -hmm. Tales of the Borderlands coming out on Switch is pretty yeah, cool. it's pretty nice having access to that. It's, it's a good game series. And if you like Borderlands, it's definitely a play. We, we've we already seen it, but Apex, they reiterated Apex Legends is coming out. Um, it looks like the graphics have been turned down I, to I extra, like extra loads. Graphics on extra, extra loads. Yeah, <laughs> Not just extra, like, extra, extra loads. Very smeary. Um, but, you know whatever like it's it's a apex legends is one of the better um sort of like battle Pure royale games yeah, yeah, um, yeah. in my opinion I'm, well, it's just because it's quite smooth if i'm honest with you like yeah. so many of them feel pretty janky yes but it plays like a proper triple a game because it basically is it's basically just titanfall 2 yes you know it's it's like um it's like all of the battle royale games looked at PUBG and thought that the reason why it was successful was because it was so janky and <laughs> buggy janky. <laughs> and they all copied it yeah it's like no it was just because it was made with really limited resources at first. Yeah. even still it's pretty janky like one person. yeah exactly um, yeah I mean, that's why it's player unknown isn't it like yeah oh, we also me. had um the ninja gaiden the master collection i'm not sure that these games are going to have aged that well no i mean i guess the only people that are going to buy it are the people that already played it and i don't think it's going to sell well to newer players because i think that style of gameplay has evolved either into your like combo flash games like um devil may cry and mm. bayonetta yeah or they've gone sold of that because because ninja gun stupidly hard Yes. Um, it, you know, they've also gone down the, the Souls route, like, you right. know, things like Dark Souls and Bloodborne and, and like the one that we said was kind of most similar with it, especially into the fact that it's, it's about sort of like ninjury samurai people is um, Sekiro. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, I don't think this is going to sell very well outside of dedicated Ninja Gaiden fans. Yeah. Um, I like how they also try to reiterate that, like, they've got other characters there and they proceed to show off all the TNA of Dead or Alive's main girls because <laughs> it's the same universe isn't it like dead or right, alive yeah, and, yeah, and ninja yeah. guidance can, is interconnect, interconnected and yep. they're like yes and we've got plenty of fan service too <laughs> right exactly exactly um yeah again another like strongly sort of like japanese culture japanese games mm. like like there's so much of it in this it felt like it was a real theme um in this direct the biggest announcement was the Skyward Sword remake. Yeah, right? for sure. That's the that's the big one. Not a three-game trilogy pack that people were expecting, which could still be coming, although now you've knocked one of the games off that you can mm -hmm. use. Um, but yeah, like uh, seeing a remake of this, it's, it's amazing that this game came out in 2011. So it's 10 years old. I think the old. reason it feels still like quite new is because like they pointed out actually in the direct itself is that this was the most recent game prior to Breath of the Wild in terms of main series Zelda games. Yeah. Which is crazy when you think about how different the two of them are and how, they, yeah. how different they look. Like they tried to make them like, oh, there's some similarities. Like there's a stamina system. Yeah, yeah the stamina like, system oh, in Breath of in sort of in Skyward Sword was atrociously bad. Yes. You know, like no one liked it. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like upgrading. Well, not really. Not really. Yeah. Um, like don't try and connect the two. They're not really the same games in the slightest. But yeah, like I think that's why uh, Skyward Sword still feels relatively new and fresh by comparison because mm. of how 
it's the most recent except for breath of the wild yeah um but yeah it looks really good from the from the footage that they showed it's like running in 60 fps almost mm. certainly um nice sort of hd it i don't think wii games need that much remaking or remastering for the switch it's just a case of increasing the resolution and yeah and you don't need to it's do basically much anything else do. like you don't need to touch up the models or anything like that like no. you say just make it shinier make it run yeah. nicer make it run smooth and... especially as the style of the game like that sort of watercolory pastely mm. effects which yeah. worked well on the wii and also a little bit like cell shading in wind waker ages quite well yes um, yeah. you know i don't think skyward sword really looks that bad even if you play it now on a wii like, i think what's crazy terrible. like if you if you play something like skyward sword or wind waker now on their respective consoles and then play some like, other random games on those same consoles like right the other games look atrocious by exactly. comparison. <laughs> like, exactly. It is really important to try and make those games, especially something like Zelda, which is such a huge franchise with a long history, have games that can stand that test of time a little bit. Yeah. And clearly it has because they've been able to make this, I imagine, relatively simply. You know, mm. I can't imagine it was a lot of effort to get this to, to kind of the point that it is. Yeah. Um, which is probably why they've decided to put a little bit of effort into things like the button mapping controls and stuff like that. Yeah. So they've kind of got to because I guess Nintendo's hardware department released the Switch Lite. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, for God's sake, guys, now we've got to think up think up like a control scheme for Skyward Sword. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've... Is it, a lot of people dismiss the Wii's uh, motion controls, right, as as like just being very inaccurate. And there was that terrible demo of Miyamoto trying to do the Skyward Sword Motion Plus yeah, demo, and it like yeah, completely yeah. failed on on stage. But with the Motion Plus add-on that they released, which Skyward Sword used, it was actually quite accurate. Like mm-hmm. it was, it, it used the same. The original Wiimote used a very very straightforward sensor for sensing motion the motion plus added basically the same sensors that you now have in like your phone and also in the joy cons like it was the sort of very early first example of like a six degrees of freedom um sort of like sensing so it was good and when i saw this initially i was like if they get rid of them, they can't get rid of the motion controls that people kind of love to hate because it's part of the core game. There's like, it's puzzles. Like there, yeah. in fact, the enemies like block certain directions. Yeah. And you have yeah, to you attack, have to them, attack in the them in direction. certain ways. Yeah. So they've added the ability to flick the right analog stick to uh, like control sword directions, which maybe will work better or worse than the motion controls. They've kept the motion controls in as well mm. for the joy cons. That is interesting to me because that suggests to me that they haven't got a, a free camera because if you use that control style, you're missing an analog stick to do the camera. Yeah. And Skyward Sword didn't have a free camera. No Zelda game until Breath of the Wild had a free camera. But does that mean that you're going to lose the free camera? Which means that that analog stick, when you play with motion controls, is going to be useless because there's there's nothing, yeah. for it to, there's nothing for it to yeah, do. Yeah. That's the point. That. Yeah, the control scheme is definitely going to be an interesting one. But otherwise, Skyward Sword is great. I think it was well-received, right? I think the main criticism was that there wasn't really a good overworld because the overworld is you flying around in the clouds, which is kind of a cop-out um, yeah. from an overworld point of view. But Yeah, it kind of feels like the same as, well, even like a lesser version of Princess Peach's Castle from Mario 64 almost, right, like connecting like the, the overworlds together. Or like the train, like spirit tracks, like yeah, using the train yeah. to go between places. It's like, it's not really an overworld that you can run around. And that's ever since, you know, 
ocarina of time people have had overworlds must be in zelda games as like a thing um, i mean in fairness even linked to the past did didn't it? that's like, true yeah know? actually even linked to the past yeah um, Good point. so i think it's only fair that you expect that from a zelda game for the mm-hmm. most part but it probably would have been better if they hadn't bothered almost you know um and maybe just made it more like a streamlined experience uh, yeah more, more cinematic um but it's still great because like you pointed out it, it's more than 10 years old now yeah. which is kind of crazy yeah um and a lot of people who played Zelda games, like played Breath of the Wild, haven't played this necessarily. Like mm-hmm. they may have just been too young when it first came out. Like yep. um, it's not unreasonable to think that like a fifteen-year-old who's played Breath of the Wild and really enjoyed it was just you know a, too young to have played Skyward Sword. Yeah. So it's great that it has access to it. I do just hope that they end up bringing out the other that that era of games with Wind Waker right. and um, Twilight Princess to the yep. Switch as well. I don't know how spoilt and like expectant I'm being about that, but I just don't want to dig out my Wii U. <laughs> it's still it, it's interesting because it feels like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker are more of a no-brainer because they already have Wii U HD remakes, yeah, and no one bought a Wii U. No, and a Switch is the same as a Wii U in a, in many ways. Like from an architectural point of view, there's a mm. lot of similarities. I'm surprised they didn't do those first, yeah, uh, and yeah. then Skyward Sword later. This seems like the harder yeah. choice, yeah. Yeah, it does seem like the harder choice. My, yeah, it's my only thought is, I guess, because it, no, Twilight Princess is older as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's Twilight Princess like came out first, yeah. Because that was on the, that was on GameCube. GameCube Wii, yeah. Slash Wii, yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely also hoping that they, that we get Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. Interesting that then, you know, by releasing one, you've kind of killed the idea of having like a trio of games released at once. Mm. You could still have a duo. Twilight Princess yeah, and Wind do Twilight Waker. Princess, Wind Waker, sort of like bumper pack sort of thing. But I'm like guessing that their research has said that they can sell all three as full price Separately, individual yeah. games. And, and they're that's probably not Probably wrong. right. <laughs> <laughs> like, why uh, get £50 out of everyone? Well, we can get £150 out of everyone. For, uh, for two of which games have already been made. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, we're, like, we're not yeah. exactly predictable. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. We also, there was like a, they also showed off some pretty sweet looking Zelda themed Joy-Cons, which they, I predict. They, they know how to sell things, don't I they? I predict they're, they're, they are going to so be clever. very hard to buy. Everyone who is sick of their Joy-Con drift is going to yeah. buy those ones. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> oh, Nintendo are clever when it comes to this sort of thing. They know what they're doing with their accessories. Yeah, exactly. They really do. But that was the direct, like it was, it wasn't like a big bumper direct in terms of like huge releases, but it, it just had a a lot of good content like right. some directs in the past have often had like a lot of uh, not interested uh, not interested but there was only a couple of those in this instance where like i was like well mm. i'm not fussed about like they, they talked about a few games that we didn't haven't touched on things like um like the new ghost and goblins game mm. that's coming out yes. like the resurrection game um and like the cap was it capcom arcade is that right yes. i think it was yeah, like yeah. capcom arcade and stuff like eh, th- those kind of games are kind of whatever but there was still quite a lot of cool stuff. We managed to talk about them for 40 minutes. So, you know, yeah. there must have been something in there that was worth yeah, talking Yeah, exactly. No, like, you know, real surprise announcements, even even for the, like, first-party stuff, like Mario and and Zelda and stuff, you know. There you, was news. That, there was no news about Breath of yeah, the Wild 2. Yeah, nothing to share about Breath of the Wild 2 right now. Um, <laughs> you know, we've got to remember as well at the, the time that we're in, you know, and the impact that coronavirus is going to have had mm. on a lot of project timelines. Um, so to see still, you know, if anything, now you would expect to see more of an impact because you've had an entire year's worth of of sort of upheaval. 
that will have actually been affecting the deadlines for yeah. stuff now as opposed to games that were nearly ready anyway yes you yeah. could just finish off and bring out now you're really in the weeds of those games that have been impacted yeah. by like losing a whole year of development so for that as well it's a strong you know it's a pretty strong strong showing and i hope nintendo do another direct sooner because the last mm. the mini directs were okay they weren't bad and they did some nice themed ones as well like they did like you know specific ones specific franchises too but i, I do prefer the big ones they feel mm. pretty I don't know, they just feel nice to watch. Like, there's something to look, actually look forward to. Like, that's yes. weird that I would look forward to a, a game company's press release. <laughs> um, but they're always fun, and they always, like, have, like, kind of stuff that you don't expect. And one of the things, I think we mentioned this in the past when we talked about the directs, is that I really like how a lot of the times they're like, and this will be available later today. Yes. Or this will yeah, be available, yeah. like, next week or something. Obviously, with the big things, like Breath of the Wild, like Splatoon 3, you know, they release things kind of, like, announce things quite far in advance but yes a lot of the times it's like yeah this game will be available in a couple of months and it's like oh cool then so you can build up your hype for it but you're not waiting like an inordinate amount of time for things yeah yeah agreed yeah there was a lot of stuff that was this year there was only really a handful of things that were next year and sort of really far ahead looking projects which is nice Hmm. um so yeah lots to look forward to for sure I'm sure we'll probably end up having some more uh, conversations about some of these games on here because there's a couple here that definitely are going to get picked up so yeah uh, absolutely look forward to those if we've skipped anything that you think we should have spent more time on like mm-hmm. maybe you were really frustrated that we didn't talk about knockout city yeah um then you know getting plants, contact plants and, versus zombies oh yeah that's a thing isn't it like yeah. see what i mean like it, yeah maybe really annoyed about that do let us know get in contact yeah. have a absolutely us. uh send maybe us we can do email. like a follow-up soundbite on things that we've missed out yeah, um, yeah send us an email show at octal.fm or send us a tweet at octal.fm or facebook facebook.com forward slash octal fm uh, and that has been the octal fm direct of february 2021 thank <laughs> you for listening uh, i've been sephron and i've been gelada and catch us again for another octal fm very soon Um, Ninja Gaiden? Ninja Gaiden? Either or. Either or. Yeah, I don't know. One of them.